Simple Life Together, episode 32. It's all about the choices we make. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Welcome back to Simple Life Together. On the last episode, we talked about simplicity resources and learning styles and organizing. And on today's show, we're going to do a combined topic, and we're going to talk about choices that we make and how they can help us as we simplify our lives. Choices and our commitment to them can really make all the difference in the world to our success as we are kind of walking down this path to simplify our lives. So we figured it was well worth the time to go back and talk about kind of some of the areas where we make a conscious decision on where we're going to observe, orient, decide, and act out our lives. There's that OODA loop again. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the OODA loop. <laughs> we talked about it back in episode 16. You can check that out at simplelifetogether.com slash 016. It goes OODA loop. Oh, please, not again. <laughs> Every time, huh? I not can't help again, it. It's in my head. <laughs> Remember, if you have questions or comments, you can always reach us at dan at simplelifetogether.com and at Daniel Hayes on Twitter or Vanessa at simplelifetogether.com and at Get Simplified on Twitter. We do want to mention that thanks to you, we've been able to donate another $100 this month to Charity Water Ooh. because of your purchases through our affiliate links. Yeah. While we work hard to bring awareness to consumerism, we realize that there are some things you still may choose to purchase. And if you do purchase through Amazon, we ask that you consider going to simplelifetogether.com slash Amazon and bookmarking that. That link will take you directly to Amazon where you can make your purchases just like you ordinarily would. But what happens is Amazon pays us a little bonus and we donate that to Charity Water to help build wells for villages and so forth. So everybody wins. That's right. But don't buy things you don't need. No. <laughs> uh, if you, but if you do need to make a purchase, consider going first to simplelifetogether.com slash Amazon. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you very much. Yeah. And we also have had a bunch of downloads this week for the Google Drive tutorial. So thanks so much for that. And it's yours for the low price of seven ninety nine for three more days and then goes up to full price. So if you're interested in Google Drive, this tutorial is just over an hour long and focuses on all the fundamentals of Google Drive for creating, sharing, and storing documents using Google's free full-fledged Office Suite. Yeah, you can have immediate access by going to simplelifetogether.com slash Google Drive for all the details. Plus, if you're not completely satisfied, we'll give you your money back. All right, so... We got all the housekeeping out of the way, right? <laughs> that's right. So we got to pay the bills, right? That's, so, that's it. So let's get on with our combined topic, all right? Right. So today's topic is going to be a combined topic, like we mentioned, because it's something we both really, really felt strongly about talking about. And we touch on this in every show that we do, and it's basically what the entire show is about. So today we're going to talk specifically about choices. Mm-hmm. And most things in life boil down to the choices we make. And granted, there are many things in life that we can't control, but most things are the result of choices. Disclaimer up front, we're talking here when we talk about choices, mostly about adults. Mm -hmm. And sure, kids have choices too, but as Vanessa and I were discussing this topic, she kind of reminded me that when it comes to things like education and opportunities, some kids don't have the support systems that others do. So what's normal for one child might be completely foreign or unavailable to another. And I think she nailed that. So We'll keep our discussion limited to adults and adult choices. I mean, heck, even adults have constraints on some of their choices. But like I said, most things boil down to choice, not all. So disclaimer done. This is more really about introspection and the choices we make ourselves 
as individuals, not judging other people's choices. That's so, a good point. So mm-hmm. we'll kind of move on from there. But just because we choose something doesn't mean we get to choose the effects or the ramifications of that choice, too. Our choices have natural and, well, heck, sometimes inevitable effects. And some choices are causation for things down the road, you know, not just correlation. So, Well, yeah, when we choose to buy things beyond our means, like using credit, the consequences are just merely delayed. But we will have to face them down the road. Yeah, we sure will. Yeah, you know, we borrow from our tomorrow. For some reason, we believe in the future we'll have more time, more money, more resources. But that's not always the case. So our poor credit choices today are literally writing checks that our future self has to cash or face the ramifications for. You know, I have to ask myself, does this stuff make me that happy that I'm going to bet money I don't even have yet on it? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. You know, that's a good point. So we got we to gotta live with those choices that we make when we purchase something. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the segment. But another choice we have generally is what we do for a living. This is often the result of a series of choices that we make and not just a single decision. You know, like a brain surgeon doesn't just like say... I'm going to be a brain surgeon. Just one day they just choose that. No, it's a series of choices that likely began in high school or even before that. And when our parents told us that we could be anything we set our mind to, that didn't really mean, you know, we could decide it and then it would just happen, right? (laughs) Right. And uh, we had to make lots of decisions along the way, you know, Mm -hmm. that law of attraction that, you know, you hear people talk about. I'm sorry, that only goes so far. (laughs) So it takes the right choices and working hard to support those choices and enable follow-on choices. So it's kind of like when you're playing billiards or pool. You know, the best players plan their shots to set themselves up for the next shot. And that's what we should really kind of strive for when we make our choices in our lives. So, yeah, that's a good point. And um, we not only choose what we do for a living, but kind of how we do it. Once we decide what our, our career path is going to be, or even if it's just a job, you know, then we got to decide how we do it. And I mentioned, on a, I guess, a couple episodes ago that in my first career... I chose to do the hard things that others didn't like to do or didn't want to do. And I actually, I thought about that, you know, as I was going through it, that was a, that was a plan of mine. And you always got a plan. I know, (laughs) but I did it for a few reasons. And, you know, maybe it is some kind of misplaced martyr complex I have. I don't know, but I figured that if no one else was, you know, willing to do it, they'd appreciate that I offered and I'd hopefully earn some respect for that. And that's, you know, the mind of a, uh, of a, Actually, a 12 or 13 year old when I was, you know, washing dishes and shucking corn and then became a busboy all the way back then. And then it continued through my military mm-hmm, career. Mm-hmm. And if I did well at it, they, you know, they were thankful because then it almost guaranteed that they wouldn't have to do it. Right. <laughs> like so, going on deployments. And exactly. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and if I failed at it, then in my mind, I figured, well, at least they think, well, he gave it a shot. Right. And nobody else was willing to do it. Nobody else wanted so, to do it. Man, yeah. At least he was brave enough to try. So, and if I <laughs> excelled at it, I wouldn't even have to show off. They would do it for me, oh, you know, you and it worked mm-hmm. for 27 years, actually longer than that. It worked and it was my choice, but I could have chosen the conventional route, but I don't know. I just, I think that would have been boring and, you know, I don't like to be boring. So, <laughs> no, so that's a, that's a choice that I made. Well, you know, another thing that we make choices on is where we choose to live. Now, we've mentioned that the dream home we had been planning, but thankfully we decided to change that choice. Um, (laughs) We saw ourselves working just to support what we thought would be our dream. The more we contemplated it, though, the more we realized the home would own us and not the other way around. Yeah, no kidding. I mean... It was really kind of daunting, you know? It was. And I want to share a portion of a comment that uh, we received recently from Deus on episode 29 that reinforced that for us. 
Becoming a slave to your dream home. How I wish you were speaking to me a year ago. We moved into our dream home last summer and it has become a nightmare. So hard to keep up with its needs, which is now the focus instead of the desert beauty that surrounds us. Hard to find time just to sit and enjoy the views. After your podcast, we're confident that selling our home is the right thing to do. And thanks for sharing the fisherman tale. It so wonderfully defines what we want to achieve. We've titled our mission Freedom 45. (laughs) We've got three years to go. And you've helped me get on board with my husband's plan and encouraged us to outline our plan. I get it now. That's awesome, mm-hmm. isn't it? And you know, it's we just happen to realize it for ourselves mm-hmm. and talk about it. And then, and unfortunately, they, they bought into it and, and they had to kind of learn after the fact. Mm-hmm. And But it's awesome that they learned and, it's, and they're taking action on doing something. Now, we're not here encouraging people to sell their houses no, and things no, like that. but. But it, when you really sit down and think about what is the no kidding outcome of my choice, mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing stuff. Well, and I think that it's nice um, that folks do appreciate us sharing our stories too, because, and we were talking to somebody recently about this, is that when you start sharing your ideas, even if they're unconventional or against the grain of what society thinks, chances are there's somebody out there thinking the same thing, yeah, yeah. you know, and that, and that you're just kind of... I, want, I don't want to say we're taking the lead because there's other folks that are taking the lead before us, but I just think that it helps kind of people bring to light things that other people are feeling themselves, right. you know? And so if they're feeling like they were slaves to their home too and realize that there's other folks out there going through the same thing, then it's okay to kind of move towards simplicity and right. make different choices. Yeah, I, so think, I think that's kind of cool that we were sharing that and their folks are sharing their stories with us. I agree because, you know, the um, a big driver to the whole show and us doing the show is – we've made a lot of mistakes along the way too. And we learned from them and we're changing. So we made our choices yeah. and, you know, realized or we're facing the ramifications of them. And now we're making new choices that are based on the, you know, you go through life and you, and you just, all you have to work with is your own experience. And a lot of times, and, and hopefully you're intelligent enough to learn from others mistakes. That's the, how you define a real smart person. Yeah. They learn from somebody else's mistakes yeah. instead of their own. But, <laughs> but, and what we're doing is we're just kind of sharing that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it kind of puts us out there. Yeah. We're, we say all the time we're not experts and we're, we've been vulnerable and we've, we've made these mistakes and we're learning from them and we're just sharing our own experience. But man, it is, it's awesome for us. The story that Dea shared reinforces what we, the decision, the choice that we made mm-hmm. on our dream home. And we don't, so we don't have to make that mistake. Yeah. You know, it's pretty awesome. So, but we, those are choices that we, that we face, you know, anyway, anyway, we spend our money or spend our lives. Yeah. Okay. So a dream home, I mean, that's a major purchase, but you know, there's other major purchases that we make in our lives, oh, like yeah. a car. Yeah. So we choose, uh, you know, what, what we choose to drive basically, right. you know? So I see nothing wrong with driving exactly what anyone wants to drive as long as it's within your means and your goals. You know, for the most part, you know, cars are there to get us from what, from point A to point right, B, point right? B. Yep, yep. <laughs> but it's like they've taken on an entirely different role for some people. Like most things in the consumer society, products have taken on the traits of like fashion versus utility. Right, exactly. I mean, you were just talking about this the other day. Like lines have expanded to include multiple versions or levels of the same basic vehicle. Yeah, like five or six different trim lines. Yeah, and- it just gets crazy. Or the luxury edition, you know, pickup trucks and all that stuff yeah, for I- the Eddie Bauer. Yeah, I mean, who, <laughs> who would have thought, like, I'm just, you know, in the 1950s or 60s or heck, even 70s, who would have really thought of a luxury edition pickup truck? Yeah, I mean, I know, it was right? all based on utility and not fashion. It just, that's all just kind of twisted. 
Yeah, I mean, is all of this just to get you to feel like you need to keep up and get used to spending with trends change? I mean, that's kind of what we've, it's been ingrained and it's kind of that subconscious thing that goes on. It's, I think it, I yeah. think it is. It's, you know, people get used to, you know, you're buying it like fashion. Well, what's, what's in season now? Uh-huh. Right. I mean, so. it's amazing. Oh, don't get me on that topic <laughs> of season, keeping up with fashion. Cause I like, so, <laughs> I like to look cute, but dang, it's hard I, to keep up. <laughs> I, well, I, and I guess this applies to almost anything that we choose to purchase. Right. And, and it just seems like everything today seems to have that long tail of logistics, you know. And what I mean by that is, like, you probably heard of the razor blade sales strategy where you sell the razor cheap or you give it away and they make the money on the follow-on purchases of the expensive blades. And it works. You know, it's like we talked about in the segment about going printerless. You sell printers cheap to sell expensive follow-on ink. Mm-hmm. They give Ugh. diabetics glucose meters for free to sell like years worth of expensive test strips. And I mean, even some may argue as much as I'm a tech guy, you know, but some argue that even the Kindle, they, Amazon's been, um, people have said that Amazon sells that below value just to get you to buy Mm eBooks or smartphones just uh, to pay for the data plans. You know, when you buy, like we get our iPhones, we get them at a reduced rate if you sign up for two years. Well, that's because you're paying for the expensive data plan. So that's that long tail. And these long tail products do, in my opinion, a couple of very important things when it comes to our choices, all right? The first one is they give you an inexpensive and seemingly viable choice now that sets you up for follow-on choices or follow-on purchases to support that particular product, uh-huh. right? That's right. So it seems viable now, and it seems like, well, I can get it this month for, if I, for you know, I can get my iPhone for $200, right. you know, and that's not that expensive. But the second thing that it does is they condition you to believe that future purchases are okay and even necessary to, to support your previous decisions. So they capitalize on that law of primacy. Oh, no. All right, in that primacy, <laughs> in the primacy of buying something, the initial, making your initial choice, right, the initial right? that's your initial buy-in. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that's a coincidence that they call it buy-in. I'm just saying, right? <laughs> right? You buy into it, and now everything you do subsequently supports that decision. And if you don't do it subsequently, then that just proves that you made a a wrong initial choice, right? Mm. So you just, you're, you're, you get conditioned to keep buying and buying and buying. Yeah, that's a good point. Just Dan's opinion here, but so we have to learn how we react individually to doing that. And I know, Hey, I'm part of it. I've had to, I've, I've had to try and retrain myself, but we choose another big choice is we choose how we respond to situations, not just purchases, but you know, we can choose to accept situations at face value, like what we did right and what we did wrong, how we can learn from those situations or make the outcome better. Or we could choose to have that victim mentality, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, and I think this is a trap that many people fall into when they've made poor choices. You know, it's, it's almost a natural defense mechanism. I think but so. You don't want to accept the reality of the outcome of the choices that you made. So, I mean, certainly, uh, without a doubt, true victims of crimes or, or circumstances beyond their control, uh, that's not who we're talking about. They right, don't fall right, into right. this category. Mm-hmm. But the victim mentality, kind of more of a euphemism for those who don't accept responsibility for the choices that they made. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the sad thing is that that seems to be on the rise. But I think you can choose to be part of that. And accept it or not. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, to piggyback on that, we can choose to be positive or negative, right? You know, based on how you react to situations and whatnot. You know, I think it's 
it's easy to think bad about someone or yourself or just to think negatively in general. Sure. Know, it's like a lot of times I can see it's like focus on all the negative stuff that happens in your lives instead of all the focus right. in having, you know, grace or just being thankful and grateful for the things that you have in your life. Yeah. But for an example, I mean, you can think that you are you're fat and that you've that you'll never be fit and healthy, so then you figure I'll just keep eating bad because what's the point if I have no discipline? Right. I don't know how to eat healthy. I don't have good genes. So what's the difference? Or what difference will it make if I eat another donut or two or three? Right. So you can see there it has this domino, this negative attitude, this domino or snowball effect, really. Yeah. And so the more negative you are, the worse your situation can potentially be. But that same domino effect can happen if you choose to be positive. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, if you say, yes, I probably ate too many donuts today. Ugh. But I know I can do better than that. I will eat a low-fat sandwich instead of a pizza pocket for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> I have the willpower and the ability to eat better and to get fit. My body deserves better. But it's up to me. I am strong and I am capable. And I know this sounds kind of, you know, oh, touchy-feely, whatever, but I swear it works. I, yeah. I do this with myself a lot because I do have a tendency to sometimes think negative And I have to kind of force myself to think positive. But when I do, it has that good positive snowball yeah. effect. So... So basically, before you know it, if you start thinking positive, it, there's that snowball effect, it keeps rolling, and then you get momentum. And so using this example, you know, you're, you'll start eating healthy, you're, you get fit, you start liking the results, then you end up having more willpower, and then you get addicted to it, and then, you've, and then it's just easier to make better choices and to respond positively I to agree. things. Yeah, it's so. that whole attitude is contagious, bad or good. Yeah. It's, attitude is contagious. In your attitude and all that stuff, this all ties into the next thing I want, I want to talk about is that you can choose your own happiness. And this didn't really hit home for me until I read a book and Dan had recommended it to me. It's yeah. called uh, Happiness is a Serious Problem by Dennis Prager. I love Dennis Prager. He's awesome. He is. You know, he just kind of puts things into perspective that I know that Dan and I connect with. But this book, though, um, it's one of my all-time favorite books. And I've recommended it to a couple of people, a couple of family members. And um, But here's a little taste of the book from Goodreads. There is little correlation between the circumstances of people's lives and how happy they are. When you ask people about their most cherished values in life, happiness is always at the top of the list. However, unhappiness does not seem to be the exceptional order to be happy. We first have to battle ourselves. Not only do we have a right to be happy, we have an obligation to be happy. Our happiness has an effect on the lives of everyone around us. It provides them with a positive environment in which to thrive and to be happy themselves. Yeah. And so, and that's just a little, there's a lot of wonderful quotes from this book. I mean, just some amazing thoughts that he has, but I mean, it's just really riddled with sage advice about happiness. But I think one of the most prevalent and overarching thoughts is you are responsible for your happiness, not the perfect job. Not the supermodel wife or husband, <laughs> not the the hottest sports car, and not your McMansion, not your parents, at least not anymore. I mean, if you're 30 and 50 something, you know, it's yeah. time to kind of you know, yeah. <laughs> take responsibility, right, for your happiness. Yeah. Stop blaming. Let's stop the blame game, you know? And so once you realize you are responsible, then there's no more blaming, no more helplessness. There's only you and the choices you make. Yeah. I, that's you know, awesome. I, when I finally internalized that, it just really kind of shifted my mentality on a lot of things in life. That's probably something that I probably could have incorporated into the episode we talked about how we kind of got to this point of simplicity is, yeah. is one of these things because these thoughts of other things making me happy were mostly consumer driven and society kind of planting these, these seeds in your head that really weren't. Yeah, so it's not stuff and it's not other people. It's not. 
it's uh, that's it's pretty empowering. Mm-hmm. That sounds that's another touchy feely word that I don't use a lot, but but uh, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, it really is true. You gotta you gotta put on your big boy or big girl panties and, and make your own life, right? <laughs> so anyway, so lots of choices, and I know one of the things that I have struggled with my whole life, and I talked about this a little bit in the in the episode we did on juicing with uh, Farnoosh, that was episode 19, mm-hmm. um, what we choose to eat. Right. And, I mean, it's true what our moms told us. We are what we eat. <laughs> and, of course, you could choose to eat what you want, but it's not without consequences, you know? I'm it, sorry. We stopped thinking about There was a commercial out there talking about you are what you eat, and I don't even know what it was for, but you see someone walking, and they're eating a donut, and then you see this person walking away, and their butt looks like two donuts walking away. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just... It just flashed in my head. I'm sorry. Back to your serious comments. No, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> sorry. I'm just having a flashback of this donut. But lovely. <laughs> okay. So anyway, it's nice to sit down, though. You know, yeah, very for sure. To sit down. So nice and comfy. <laughs> but Aww. you know, so I, in the whole juicing episode, I explained how that was a really a big move for me personally as a meditarian. But uh, as a kid, if my mom would have said, hey, I want you to plan out the meals for the day. Oh, boy. Right? This is what it would have been. No kidding. A huge bowl of Cap'n Crunch. Oh, all right? my. That's the military side coming out of me, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but I loved Cap'n Crunch cereal when I was going. Cap'n Crunch and Quisp. All right. Quisp. Do you remember Quisp? I don't, it had like a little Martian or something on there. No. But, uh, you know, but Captain Crunch, that was my staple. You oh, know, a geez. big old bull. You know, come to find out, though, he's not even a captain. He's, he's only got the three stripes on his sleeve. He's only a commander. Oh, jeez. So he's been perpetrating all these years. <laughs> but, um, oh, and, boy. Uh, but I would, and I loved orange juice, a huge, big glass of orange juice. That's not something we had a lot in Buffalo, New York. All right. When we did have it, I would guzzle orange yeah, juice. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, bacon. Because that everything, goes with everything. Yeah, bacon is just a staple, yeah. right? Yeah. And then my choice for lunch would have been, you know, a bunch of pizza and then like uh, Coke or milk. Wow. All right. And not cans of Coke. Not maybe even, not even bottles, but like those big two liter bottles. They didn't have them when I was a kid, but if they did, <laughs> that would have been it. would have been good. Yeah. And then for dinner, spaghetti, meatballs, lots of garlic, cheese, bread, and milk. And then probably have some of my mom's awesome chocolate chip cookies for a little snack uh, afterwards. And then a late night snack, chips, you know, really salty chips that maybe the ridge, the ripple kind, whatever those are called, ridges, ruffles, yeah, uh-huh, ruffles. and then, or salt and vinegar chips. Love those. Oh, yeah. So salty. And, uh, and then root beer, like to shake it up a little bit at night or a, or a big <laughs> vanilla shake. Oh, and, shake uh, of awe, huh? Yeah, shake of awe. And um, <laughs> so those were some of my favorites. And honestly, my palate didn't swing too far away from any of those choices either. <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, you know, with seven kids running around the house, uh, I was able to sneak those things pretty easily. And, uh, wow. but, uh, yeah, but I pay for those choices that I've, that I made growing up. Yeah. You're you know? trying to do a little, yep. And, uh, trying to bit. really change my eating habits, but food is a choice that we make. And, and so I also want to hit, that another huge area of your life and kind of turning it back a little bit more serious, but yeah. we choose who we associate with. This is huge. And um, motivational speaker Jim Rowan uh, is one of the things he's known for is a quote that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you think about that, you're the average of these five people and their thoughts, how much money they earn, 
hmm. how they spend their time, etc. So hopefully, if you're you if you look at your five people, at least you have an accountability partner. You know, somebody who's who kind of kicks you in the butt when you need to right, and yeah. keeps you going. Hopefully, you have a mentor for whatever your major goals are. If that's a business mentor. Um, you know, somebody who's maybe a little bit further ahead of you that could help you get your business rolling or even at work, yeah, yeah, or a fitness mentor, Mm -hmm. somebody who's in a little bit better shape, who's been through what you've been through. And then hopefully you also have a sounding board, somebody that can listen to you and just kind of, you can bounce your ideas off of, and they'll give you good, honest feedback. Maybe not as critical as that, um, you know, that drill sergeant type, the first one, uh, that accountability partner, but you do want somebody that you could go to, you know, I'm not going to say a shoulder to cry on because I'm a guy, but you know, somebody that you can talk to about th- <laughs> things that, that you need to, you need yeah. to get off your chest. Right. So that's three of the five, how you make up that five, uh, you know, hopefully you're married to one. I know I am, but, mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. a combination of all of them. But when I first heard the the saying that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, honestly, I was a little concerned and, um, you know, especially from my single days, it's like, yeah, okay, I could see it. I'm drinking about the average amount of beer as everybody here and doing the stupid things and all that. But, um, but, uh, I spend time with a lot of great people, but a lot of the people that I spend a lot of time with are very different in a lot of ways. They have, we have vastly different goals. You know, we talk about that on the show. We've always felt kind of different when it comes to how we want to live our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, we have different goals when it comes to work and finances and family and just lifestyle in general. Right. But what I decided as I was thinking about this was that that quote, whether it's scientific or not, it falls into that law of averaging and it, it has some merit. You know, it's not mathematically true that if you add up all five people's incomes that you're the average. But I think it generally, it's, uh, that, that's how you... That, that's how it ends up. You end up being about... It ends up being about right. Mm-hmm. So... I also concluded that I spend so much time listening to my select podcasts and audiobooks and reading actual old school physical books, remember those, or, <laughs> or taking courses or, or listening to motivational folks or watching TED Talks, etc., that a good portion of my five people, heck, I've, nev- I've never even actually met, yeah, you know? Physically, yeah. So that really was a, kind of a relief for me. Yeah, but you also have... The, the folks that you meet with online, right? online yeah you know when you uh the podcasters uh what's it called group therapy yeah <laughs> a wonderful group of folks there where you can they can one hold you accountable and they're also a sounding board and i mean that's really kind of a yeah without a doubt i mean so what i would recommend for all of us that we take a little bit of time once in a while and ask ourselves who are the who are the five people that you spend the most time with? Who are the five people that you're the average of? Mm-hmm. And maybe you have just the right mix, but maybe it's time for you to shake it up a little bit and maybe start spending some time with people who will help you reach your goals. You know, you got me thinking about it. You know, yeah. and it's and I guess it is like you said, it is um, whether it's scientific or not and mathematically exact. Um, it's pretty close. Yeah, you know, you kind of look at the folks that you. Or with so if you choose to be around folks that are either you know negative or you know not motivated or whatnot, then chances are you're going to exactly. kind of internalize some of those same right. characteristics and traits. So I think it gets you thinking for sure. I bet folks listen to this right now are 
starting to think, okay, who are the five people I hang out with exactly. the most? Oh my well, gosh. Good. good. I think we could all do that. <laughs> okay. Another thing when it comes to the choices we make is uh, we choose what we purchase. And we've hit on this topic already in the show and in several different episodes, but it's worth, you know, foot stomping. I, I think. agree. I agree. You it's know, a huge thing. It, you know, we acquire things for many reasons to either feel secure or to be prepared for that just in case scenario or to fit in. Uh, because we think we need things or because we actually do need things. I mean, it's okay to acquire things because you actually do need them, like food and shelter and clothing. Right. There's some basic things that we need. But what we actually need to purchase is probably significantly less than what we end up actually purchasing. Right, you know, yeah, I agree. So too many times we purchase things because we think it'll buy our happiness or earn us a spot in the you know, the cool crowd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just don't be fooled, all right? right? Yeah, you know, just really think about it. Yeah, you're right. And like you said, we talked about it earlier in the show whether that thing is really going to make you happy, Mm -hmm. you know, and do you really want to spend your future money on it? But you give the advice about when you're trying to get rid of something, Mm -hmm. do I need need it? it? Do I use use it? it? And do I love it? it? And those are probably good questions to ask before you purchase something too. Yep. Your sense of love may feel a little bit bit higher uh, when you see something you're enamored (laughs) with. Puppy love. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But, But, you know, getting back to those five people, um, I wanted to mention about how you choose your place in the crowd. And I used to tell my troops all the time that, that when you go into a new unit, you can usually tell within the first few days whether that unit is squared away or not. And so I guess in business, it's the same thing. You go into a business office. And I used to say, when you go into that new unit and you evaluate whether they're squared away or not, you have two choices. You can either, A, bust your butt to get that unit up to your standard of excellence, Mm -hmm. or B... You can bust your butt bringing yourself up to the unit's standard of excellence if they're higher than you. And then C, either way, you just better be busting your butt. (laughs) And and I also used to tell them that when you do go to a new unit or a new environment, it can be anything and uh, wherever you go, that there is always a crowd that's part of the um, establishment. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, there's typically a, a much smaller percentage crowd that's part of the anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. You know, the people at, we've all had jobs where people who are the ones who start rumors, the yeah. ones who tell you to watch your back around here because you know they're out to get you, they're going to make you work hours. The ones who tell you um, that that you know don't don't work so hard, you're making them look bad and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, who do you if 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 that unit didn't have a good program to welcome those folks in? the new people in, who do you think is going to be the de facto welcoming program? It's probably going to be the negative element. And so you have to choose when you go into a crowd, who are you going to associate with? Who are you going to listen to? And I don't know how that much that applies to everybody as far as, you know, it's not, it's not just a starting a new job or going to a new unit, but it can really apply to any crowd or anything that you deal with. If you deal with a political organization or you join a club Mm -hmm. or whatever that, it all tends to play and it goes in with your, you get to choose your attitude and your happiness. I think yeah. it all plays together. You know, I think so. uh, in those, in that specific situation where, you know, you have the, the anti-establishment folks or whatever, it's just, I've always tried to tell myself and I'm not perfect at it, but I would always tell myself when I went to a new, you know, a new job, I was like, they're going to, folks are going to gravitate to that new person to try to either bring them to the whatever side or right. whatever <laughs> uh, to align them. It's like survivor, you know, yeah. but you got to keep an open mind. I think I always said, you know, I'm going to give, whether I heard negative things or rumors about someone, I'd say, okay, well, let me at least give them a shot. Let me stay objective here as best you can, you know, instead of saying, oh, really? And then you're avoiding them, that person, without even really knowing what the true story is. So 
it's kind of hard. It's a discipline thing, but you can choose to keep an open mind about things and to ignore some of those potential rumors or whatnot. Yeah. So, and not not that the establishment is always good because there are ways that you know that our establishment that that we kind of move away from, and that's cool. But it's not necessarily anti or negative. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the way we choose to raise our family and mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And well, yeah, and that's a good point, especially when it comes to families. The thing that I think about when it comes to the family is like, do I want to be a parent or a friend? Yeah. Do I want to be a mentor or a strict disciplinarian? Do I want to be a nurturer or a tough love coach? Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, will I refuse to let my kids grow up or teach them to be um, teach them about independence? Or or maybe you want to be a little bit of both. Or maybe that's I want to be a little bit of all or all those things. Right. Um, and that's fine. But but what choices you make will have an impact, good or bad, on your your kids and your family. I agree. And so involving them in extracurricular activities will expose them to different sports or arts and teaching them teamwork and discipline, and, and that's all good, but too many activities and a full schedule may cause stress, anxiety, and potentially sacrifice valuable family time together. So it's about finding that, that good balance, Absolutely. you know? That's why we're, well, especially you, you're like, we're having a family dinner. <laughs> you know? We're at the table. Where, yep. where it would be nice to, yeah, it might be nice to grab a tray and, and eat. Not that we watch a lot of TV. Occasionally we do. But yeah. uh, sometimes it is nice to have a veg meal and we do that occasionally. We do, but, but it, it could easily become a habit, and then you're not spending time with the kids, and you're spending more time, you know, watching the tube than you're, you know, right? talking to the kids about how their day was, and yeah. just sharing funny stories or challenges or whatever. I mean, that to me, the dinner table is just so important as a family to build stronger bonds with one yeah. another and support each other and teach each other well, things. But with us and and our son, he's great, a great conversationalist, mm-hmm. you know. Where Sunshine is, she's, that's just another play day. I mean, now she has all three of us as an audience, you know, and she's just playing away yeah. and she doesn't, she doesn't get she's it. She's like a little clown and everything, you know, and, and I get it, but you know, that's what happens when you have a 10 year gap between the kids. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh man, I got this young adult, you yeah. know, <laughs> I got this little one who just wants the attention, but, but yeah. anyhow, but at least we're together. That's right. We're doing family time together, that's you right. know, but I just think that sometimes if you, if you don't really know, if you don't make that choice of how you want to participate in your family or be involved with your family or how you want to raise your family, then you're going to have to deal with certain consequences or yeah. ramifications. Like we said right from the beginning of this this podcast is that the choices you make, you'll have to deal with either good or bad, the ramifications <laughs> of things later on. Yeah. And so, so anyhow, you know, I need, these are just some broad thoughts about how to raise your family. But um, I think that if you start to just at least think about it, I guarantee you'll be a little bit more deliberate in the things that you do with yeah. them. And, and you know, nobody's, we're certainly not saying how people should raise their families. No, because not at all. She, we, could, we could use help too. But, uh, <laughs> but, I, but it is something that I think it's good to really think about. I yeah. mean, sh- certainly it is. You know, and that's going to lead into just some final thoughts, okay. Dan, actually, is that what I wanted to get across is that you, you can and will make good choices. <laughs> But you'll also make some bad ones, and even with the best intentions. Yeah. I know that I have. You know, I'm like, I thought I was doing the right thing, and it turned out that there were some negative things that came out of it. You know, you just, you know, sometimes you just don't know. Like, for example, I, I know it's probably best to always think and be positive, but I'm not. I said right. that earlier. I'm not always positive. And I have and do fail at this more often than I'd like to admit. I think we all do, though. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just are just so hard on yourself when you want to be perfect to everybody and you just can't. But and I'm not always present or as present with my family as I'd like to be, especially when I'm preoccupied with work or other obligations. And you may fail at making the right choice, too. But the point here is to be aware, then to learn 
and to reflect so that you are more conscious and thoughtful of the choices that you are making. Because when you are more thoughtful, you're better able to anticipate the outcome, even if it's a bad one. I think right. you're better able to react to it. So. Yeah, I agree 100%. So yeah. those are our thoughts on the choices that we make and that you make. Yeah, and the good thing is you always have options. <laughs> almost, al- almost always you have options. Yeah. So good stuff. So let's go on to the old thing segment. And uh, since I started off the combined topic, why don't you start off the thing segment? Okay, well, mine's pretty simple. What? Uh, my thing is that tomorrow is our eight-year anniversary Woo-hoo. of being married. Woohoo! Why is it eight years already? <laughs> we got past the seven-year itch, wow. so we're good to go. <laughs> wow! Fun flies when you're doing time. I mean, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> so that oh, is that stuff. is my thing. I would have never anticipated us being where we are today. When you first uh, proposed to me, saying, "You know, you want to trade two. Uh, you you want to trade a Y? Uh, you want to trade her? Oh, gosh, I'm getting all messed up already. Yeah. <laughs> Vanessa's last name was Harris, her maiden name. And yeah. I said, so do you feel like, and our, of course, mine's Hayes. And uh, so I said, so uh, you want to trade two R's and an I for a Y and an E? I was like, huh? Yeah, it was a joke grenade. You know, yeah. it took her, well, actually, you know, grenade has eight seconds. This took a little longer than eight seconds, but <laughs> she got it. And I was like, what, what, what? And then I was all shaken. Yeah. And then, uh, then he made another joke after that, of course, because that's yeah. the way he is. But uh, yeah. yeah, so anyway, I want to just, I, that's my thing. I'm, it's just pretty amazing. And I've known you for about 11 years now and uh, yeah. married for eight. And Good keep, stuff. Keep on trucking, baby. That's right, baby. That's right, baby. <laughs> What's your thing? So, well, uh, yeah, mine's the anniversary <laughs> too. <laughs> now you're going to make me look bad. Mine is <laughs> the Note Anywhere Chrome extension. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm now I look like a total no. knucklehead. So. Hey, all I knew was our anniversary because it was on the calendar. Right, okay, uh, <laughs> so I'll dog myself here. <laughs> so I've mentioned in the past that I'm a, a Google Chrome user for my web browser, and uh, back in episode 21, I mentioned briefly that one of the Chrome extensions that I like to use is called Note Anywhere. And I should have noted that uh, tomorrow was the anniversary, but that's beside the point. But it's such a cool little extension that I wanted to go a little bit more in depth. And with this extension, you can make these little digital sticky notes anywhere on a web page and in any position you want to keep whatever types of notes you want. So like, say if you're doing research, you might want to, you're on a website and you're doing research and you might want to note a quote from a dead guy or something. Or if there's a picture that you like, you may want to make a note about it and do a screenshot of it or something like that. Well, you can use Note Anywhere to do that. And when your notes are done, you can close that web page and then just go about your business. But when you open that web page again, and it could be a day, it could be a year from now, the notes that you loaded on that web page before and those little digital yellow sticky notes, they get loaded automatically and they're back there on your web page. Oh, that's pretty neat. So to kind of run through some features, Note Anywhere notes can be on any web page in any position, the notes get saved in real time. All notes can be moved by your mouse, so you can just like click and uh, or dra- drag and drop. When you go to that page again, the notes get loaded automatically. And on the Note Anywhere logo in your Chrome menu bar, that's that one that kind of runs across the top if you're using Chrome. It shows a little badge that indicates the note count of the page you're on. So it's a really cool little app for taking notes on different websites and. Um, and one of the things that I've used that for is for when I'm evaluating like a client's website or something like that. Oh, I'll nice. I'll make notes on the website and then I'll take my laptop and I'll I'll pull that up and then when it, you know as long as I'm signed into my into Chrome, 
it'll have those notes and I have all the notes from that I went over when I worked on the website. So you can create a note and then can you also then clip that to Evernote too? Um, what you can do is you create a note on the web page and yeah. then you could do a screen capture of the whole thing. Right. You capture the page. So I don't know if Evernote natively captures a note. That's a good question. I'll have mm. to check into that. But I do know that like on a Mac, uh, you know, you do uh, Command Shift Four, and I can select the area that I want to do a screenshot, yeah. and I can save that into Evernote. So even if Evernote didn't do it, the capability exists. Yeah, sure. Even if Evernote doesn't do it natively, that's a good question. Very cool. Very cool little browser. I like that. Um, or a free browser extension, and um, so that's my thing. Okay, well, we're going to wrap up for today. Um, that's it for episode thirty-two of Simple Life Together. Hopefully, our discussion on choices got you thinking about some of the choices you face in your journey and. Maybe it's time to take a look at some things and make some positive changes. It's never too late, and all of us need to take a fresh look at things from time to time. I agree. And I think, like you said, maybe a lot of people will be wondering about their five, five people they spend the most time That's with. That's right. <laughs> so, All right. So Vanessa's thing was our anniversary. Yeah. It wasn't even the topic segment. It's been relegated to the thing segment. <laughs> <laughs> A crazy little thing called love, like Freddie Mercury used to sing about. And um, and my thing was the Note Anywhere Chrome extension. <laughs> well, don't forget, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 032. There's not too many links this week, but I really encourage you to check out Dennis Prager's book, Happiness is a Serious Problem. We'll have a link to it on Amazon if you can't find it in your local library. So head over to SimpleLifeTogether.com where you can sign up for the Edit and Forget It Challenge. And we still have people meeting their goal. And oh, I mean, awesome. we, still, we have people join all the time. Yep. It's just really, really cool. So if you go over to the website, it's in the left column of the site. You can uh, sign up for Edit and Forget It Challenge. You can check out the Google Drive tutorial which, again, that's on sale for three more days. You can mm-hmm. just click the picture on the sidebar or up on top at the Tutorials tab at the top of the page. Of course, we've mentioned our email and Twitter addresses at the beginning of the show, but we have links to our Twitter and Google Plus profiles on the website. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life, too. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your... Simple Life Together. Simple Life Together.